0: All right. So I don't really do much of a uh, opening spiel like, hey, I'm here with Dale or whatever. I just kind of hit record and then tell my guests 10 seconds later that I hit
1: record. Okay. I like that. Which I did. I've I hit record that. 10 seconds
0: ago.
1: <laughs> Great. So how you doing? I'm, I'm okay. It's, a good, good. it's good. Everything's good. Good. So we're here in the
0: gallery at the studio that you work at and teach at?
1: Yes. Uh, we're in uh, Long Island City, uh, Grand Central Atelier. Um, this school, uh, was founded quite a while ago by a guy named Jacob Collins. Um, and, uh, I've been, I went through the four year program here, uh, studied here for four years and now I'm a resident artist. Um, so I keep a studio here and I also, uh, teach here as well. Nice.
0: And you also teach, I think I saw on your website you were going to London.
1: Uh, yeah. So part of the, the, um, uh, being on like the circuit, I guess we're teaching or um, trying to get myself out there. I travel a little bit and do uh, workshops uh, wherever they'll take me. <laughs> nice. Um, so it's uh, London is coming up and uh, Vienna at some point and Seattle as well. So um, I'll fly out there and teach for uh, a week or two weeks sometimes. Um, yeah, you know, it's uh, these have been uh, portrait uh, workshops so where people draw or paint portraits, and uh, I get to hang out with uh, new people for a week and kind of share what I've what I've learned. So it's uh, it's fun, and I get to travel, which I which I love to do. So nice. That was loud. No, that was loud. That was not me. <laughs> <laughs> um. So,
0: because I don't really know much about this world, but you're considered a fine artist.
1: Uh. Yeah. I mean. I, I just. Yeah, I guess there's so many sub sub genres now of what painting, drawing. I don't know. I have a Piece some are draftsman, some are. I'm a I'm an artist. I, I guess I'm a fine artist. Um, I make paintings. I make drawings. Um, so yeah, I guess that would be into the fine art category. I don't um, I don't usually make work. Um, there's not an art director or someone dictating the terms of me making work. I make work. That I want to make, and then hopefully share it with people, and hopefully someone likes it enough and wants to buy it. So um, there is no, there's no one dri- I'm driving the bus, I guess mm-hmm. is, is, is is the thing, as opposed to someone else in a commercial setting where there's an art director and he's telling you um, what to make or a panel of people. You know,
0: um, do you prefer that setup where you get to pick what you want to make and then make it or not?
1: Yes, absolutely. No, I. Um, I think for a while I, I wanted to be uh, in, in more of a commercial vein when I was uh, I guess starting this about 20 some odd years ago and uh, commercial work appealed to me maybe because of uh, I thought there was more security in it you know uh, financially and so oh, wow I won't I won't starve you know I won't I won't have to bartend I won't have to do all these <laughs> things that artists do you know um, but I, I it wasn't a, it wasn't true to what i wanted to do and um, was it what what about it wasn't ringing true was it too generic or was it too corporate
0: breathing down your neck making sure it's absolutely perfect no i
1: mean there's a there's a lineage that um i mean i guess people have been commissioning paintings since you know way back renaissance times prior, probably before i don't know maybe forever but uh, the church or someone's kings queens were commissioning portraits and um, but I didn't like um, I didn't like a commercial aspect of making making work um, I didn't want to do book covers or editorials or package design or you know I it just my idea of what I wanted to do and, and someone else's were just they were pretty far apart and I, I after doing a couple of jobs, I learned pretty fast that it wasn't it wasn't something that appealed to me. Um, just, it was, not that it was soul-sucking, I just didn't, it, it wasn't going to be for me. Right. You know.
0: What kind of stuff do you like to do? Since you're driving the bus, you get to pick what, or what is, what do you like to do right now? Because sometimes it changes.
1: Yeah, I mean, it does, it evolves. Um, so I'm, I'm. My, my goal is to, is to always work from, uh, from nature, and, and by nature I mean from, from, from life, so I'll have a, uh, someone in front of me, I'll be painting their portrait, or I'll have a setup in front of me and I'll be painting still life, so a group of objects, or um, out landscape painting, working from, you know, from nature itself. And I think that's the most, that's the driving force for me, is, is to have an interaction with with something uh, in, this, in this occupying the same space that I'm in and working from, from that, that object or person or having an interaction kind of drives the work a little bit. Um, I've been painting more still lifes uh, as of late, uh, but every week I'm doing you know a portrait sketch, uh, at least one, most of the times two per week, just because I love it, I enjoy it so much you know, to, to do that. Um, for
0: that you have someone come in and sit for you
1: and yeah usually it's uh four hours sitting um if they'll if they'll stay I mean I have to pay them actually you've you've Uh, sat before so and you know the you know the feeling I was um it was a day it was a day I mean there's professional models I which I love to paint them uh, models that are kind of on the on the art school art scene circuit but um I really enjoy painting friends or painting people that interest me um and yeah, if they've got three or four hours to spare and kind of meditate, then that's great because uh, it's awfully boring on, on their <laughs> side. <laughs> I, re- I remember because we, we
0: took breaks. We did, I think it was 20 minutes uh, on, 10 minutes off. And I remember that first 20 minutes, I think I got about three minutes in and I'm like, oh, what have I done? <laughs> and then I think I was nodding off towards the end of that first 20 minutes. And I remember you noticed right away and you're like, all right, so I'm going to get you a coffee real quick. <laughs> and you got me the coffee. And and it, then after that, I kind of settled into a zone and kind of like found some way to not not off or move that much.
1: It's an incredibly difficult job. Um, <laughs> I really, I've, I've sat for people before. I hate it. Um, I have incredible amounts of empathy for people that are sitting in front of me because I know how difficult it is. Um, and the four hours that I spend with somebody uh, on my side goes too fast, and I'm sure it feels like four days or more for the art, you know, for the for the sitter for the model, whoever's sitting. It's probably and yeah, that first twenty is a little rough. Yeah.
0: So. <laughs> I remember there was a the air conditioning or the vents or something was kicking on like every fifteen minutes, and I would remember all right, it shut off, which means I'm I'm towards the end of my twenty <laughs> minutes this time around. And then we took like a uh, 25 minute break in the middle, and that threw off the whole system. And I needed to spend a couple sections figuring out the new system.
1: Yeah, I mean it's pretty amazing. And, and when you when you and that's just a portrait, so you're essentially sitting there, um, you know, staring at one spot for 20 minutes at a time. You can imagine these um, evolved figure poses or these really involved paintings where when you go to the Met and you see these paintings, and all of these figures and. Uh, people holding poses and, and all these things that you just... It, 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 that's, that's the amazing part, you know, so some, there's some kind of uh, almost magic in there or something when you see these poses and you, and you know what these people have to go through. And now, of course, artists took liberties to maybe enhance gestures and, and these things, and some people worked out of their head, but, um, you know, just someone standing still, think about just standing there, you know, even if you were just in your apartment for 20 minutes, And then taking that pose for uh, four hours over the the course of a month, you know, five days a week. So that's, you know, 20 hours, that's 80 hours in a month, the same pose. That's what we do here at the studio uh, for the students that are studying. They spend 80 hours uh, drawing one pose or painting one pose. Uh, So that's kind of a lot. It is. Do you... (laughs) Do you think the, the professionals that do that, do you think
0: the driving force behind that is that they realize they're being immortalized in some form? Yeah, I mean... Because if, I... if I was going to pose for a great painter artist and I knew, oh, he's got pieces in the Louvre, he's got pieces at MoMA, he's got this and that, I could end up there. And I might be there
1: long after I'm gone. Sure. That's kind of cool. Oh, yeah, I I think so. I mean, the models that I I mean I have relationships with a lot of these models from working with them forever, and uh, um, they really enjoy I think being part of because they are part of the the art making process. The, the creative, uh, they're in the room. They feel that energy. They uh, they're also listening to. Uh, dialogue between artists or if there is a, a critique session going on or they're, they're they're in they're more involved in the process than than someone who's buying the painting or someone who's just looking at the painting and they're as involved as the person probably making it so it's, it's very interesting um uh, from that side of it you know. Uh, because I, they don't get paid nearly enough, so they're not doing it f- you know solely for the money. Right. Not, you know, you're not it's, retiring from art modeling. You know,
0: it's not their. Night- they probably also need to bartend on weekends. Like
1: yeah, Right. There is probably some of that. Or there. I mean, I know some that do three poses a day between here and like the Art Students League. Uh, so they're posing twelve hours a day. That's at some point. A lot. Um, That's a long day. I mean, you can imagine. Some are well into their 60s, uh, late 60s, and they're just, you know, dedicated and committed. And and then you feel uh, you need to honor them and make a nice painting or drawing. You know, I mean, you don't want to make something that's going to be, you know, you want to do a good job to honor them because they're working so hard for you. And that's the interaction. That's what I, I think I really love most, you know, about working
0: for them even if you're not really talking to them with words, do you feel a real
1: strong communication is happening? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's amazing what you can, what you get to know about somebody without having to speak to them, you know, and by the end of a month, if I just met this person or this model and I get to spend that month with them, it's, it's pretty amazing. I mean, um, I mean, they're standing up there, uh, most of the time it's nude so you're obviously (laughs) in a pretty intimate setting with them you know Um, so right then and there there's a barrier that's been kind of removed and so your conversations with them um, uh, on a model break or on lunch or on a long break that we do halfway between uh, those conversations tend to be different than than day to day where I think a lot of people hide uh, parts of themselves because up on the model stand there's no hiding right obviously right you're there and, and so um, it's a very honest um, it, it's all right there in the open you, know. you want to do what? it <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think I don't think
0: I could handle being that vulnerable um, I'm an actor I don't do well in front of people okay. when they're looking at me Understood. I get it <laughs> what is uh, in your memory what stands out as your favorite experience drawing or painting a model oh my goodness you can say it to me that would be fine yeah it would probably be you um gosh because I've because I've seen on your website you and I'm sure you've done infinite more models but I've, I saw quite a few on your website and
1: yeah I gosh I mean I don't a hundred I guess hundreds I don't know yeah. you know and and things that Things that stick out. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I could pick one. I'd really have to. That's a question I'd really have to sit down and reflect on. Did, Nothing jumps out at me right now.
0: Did anyone? Did anyone walk in and and hit their mark and pose and kind of take you aback in how I don't know, unique or strong or immediate
1: that presence was? Oh yeah, I mean that yeah. happens all. It's amazing. I mean that happens all the time. You know. I mean. Uh, you know, I mean, I've, I, the experiences run the gamut, you know, if you do this, you know, long enough, you're probably going to see everything, you know, people, I've had models pass out in front of me, I've had, you know, <laughs> I mean, you can imagine what the situations are, and uh, sometimes they get a little bizarre, and sometimes they're, um, you know, sometimes a model just gets up there, and, and you, you're you almost, um you're almost too intimidated to to work. It's such so humbling, and and they take this pose that you feel like, how am I going to, how am I going to live up to this this pose that this person just gave me? That it's like, you, I mean, the the the, the work seems insurmountable. It, it just seems like you you'll never be able to do it, you know. But um, you find a way, hopefully, and and do the best that you can. But uh, yeah, it's 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 a very amazing, and that's not that. You just I can't get that interaction. I wouldn't imagine being able to get that interaction from working from uh, like photographs or an iPad screen or a computer screen you know, where people make art using those methods. And I think that's totally fine. It's an acceptable way to work but, um, for them. But you're missing this. I feel like there's an interaction that's missing. It's mm-hmm. like a little bit of an X factor that you, just, you only get from, from being in a room with somebody. Or something. It could be an object as well. You know, not as interesting if it's an object, maybe. Or the the variables are less, maybe, because the object's not going to move or have a story to tell or something. But yeah, it's uh, it's, it's, uh, every every time is something different. So I think that's the nice part about it, too.
0: What? Let's go all the way back. What? When did you decide this is the path that you wanted to take with your career? Oh my gosh. Uh, or or are you somewhere you never expected to find yourself?
1: I mean, I don't know if anybody is, is where they think they're going to be, you know, 20 years from now or something. I've kind of stopped trying to figure that part out, but, um, I've, my whole life, this is all I've ever wanted to do. I mean, I, I, I've, my grandfather was an artist. Uh, he was in advertising. Um, he wasn't a great painter. There's a lot of bad paintings I've seen from him. Um. But uh, but he he obviously loved to do it. Uh, I don't remember him too much, but his work hung around the house a lot. Um, and ever since I, I was a kid, I just that's the only thing I was interested in. I'd go to school and I just drew pictures. I drew on the side of my standardized tests, um, drawings, doodles, all these things. I was always getting um, not in trouble, but it was a pain in the neck for these teachers who was, I'm just you know mark making on everything, and they. And then I was just finding myself moving to moving towards art classes more and more and more, and that's the place I felt the most comfortable. and And I couldn't, uh, I couldn't be bothered with with the other things. I did what I had to do to get, you know, I was a straight B student. Um, I, I didn't have to study, I didn't do anything, but I, I just did what I, I gave them what they needed to get through. And then um, I was just always finding myself in art more and more. And then I, then you're in junior high, then you're in high school, and then you. I don't know, you'd wind up going to school for it, you know, and you'd say, well, I'll just keep rolling with it, um, and now here I am, I mean, I have 20-something years later, I'm still, I'm still trying to make a good painting, but, <laughs> you know, um, but it's, I don't, I, there's nothing I'd rather be doing, um, you know, than, than this, it's, it was never an option for me, really, to do anything else, and I had op- offers to open, restaurants and bars and and get into businesses and do all these things and because you meet all these people along the way and um i gave up a lot of opportunities because i knew i'd just be miserable not doing this you know and so um having a family i I, my uh, my wife is an artist as well so she she gets it but i have a son as well i have an 11 year old boy and it's hard to to keep you know you gotta you gotta hustle i mean it's not like there's this, nothing's given to you, you know, and, and you're in New York trying to make a living and trying to survive and, and still do what you love. It's, as you know, it's, it's, a, it's a difficult thing to do.
0: Two things that I gleaned from that that gave me questions. First, uh, because I think it'll be a, a quicker answer. You said you're still waiting to make a great painting. I feel, I feel like that has a lot more meaning than just some kind of a throwaway line.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, I, I like to think that Rembrandt, uh, you know, or somebody on their deathbed was still trying to figure out how to make a good painting or how to, you know. I'm, I'm always trying to... I just haven't figured it out yet, you know. I'm really just... Um, it's like little fleeting moments, you know. I'll, I'll finish a painting, and there'll be parts that I think are really good, and parts that I think I did a really good job on, and then the, the parts that I just absolutely, you know, feel like I just bombed it or could have done it a lot better. And um, I, I don't know if I've ever been a hundred percent happy with a, a painting um, that that I've finished or drawing, for that instance. Um, and I. It, it, it's just the way it is. I, and I don't know if everybody feels that way. I think that I know there's some people who love everything they do. And I, I wish that maybe I was more like that. But, um, so, but that also pushes me to just keep going, you know, looking for that, I don't know, that aha moment, that enlightening moment. That's probably never going to come, but uh, maybe it will. You know, who knows?
0: Do you believe the whole 10,000 hours to become an expert or a master on something? Because I, I think really in 20 know. years you've probably put in well over... 10,000
1: hours. Which probably tells you how bad I am. But um, <laughs> no, I, I, it's funny. So, yeah, I think for technical, maybe for technical being adept at something, you know, that, that probably makes sense. And, and it does. I mean, if I, if I chop wood for 10,000 hours or something, I'm going to be, be incredibly really bad, yeah. efficient at it and I will be jacked and yeah. it'll be amazing. Um, but, you know, at some point there has to be. There's a a, a component that that that, that 10,000 hours is not going to be able to do, you know, and you might have that in the second hour, you might have that in the thousandth hour, I don't know, you know, so you might never have it, you might do 10,000, you could do 100,000 hours and still not have this, that, I don't know, maybe it's, there's like a soul to it or there's something could be missing that 10,000 hours isn't going to bring, but I think for technical, yes, maybe, sure. Just by repetition,
0: like know? inspiration, you can't get inspired just by doing something like drawing for ten thousand hours or painting for ten thousand hours. Yeah,
1: I mean, you have to have some kind of uh, the, the world around you or something has to have some kind of input in what you want to do. Or, um, yeah, there, there's something that ten thousand hours won't, won't give you. You know, I think I don't know what that is. I'm still looking. For it. Still looking for it. <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: Have you Have you ever felt close? Have you ever started a project or been halfway done and thought? this might be it, this might be, like, I feel really good about where this is going, and.
1: Yeah, no, I know I do, I, I think so, I mean, I, it's funny, when I started doing a lot of portrait sketches, they're, they're, they were all terrible, and it was like anything else, you start doing things, and you have three hours or four hours to paint a head, and it's, they're all terrible, and I said, well, when I, I have to do a hundred before I get one of them, you know, that I, maybe I'll like, you know, and I'm going to date each one and I'm going to keep track of them and I'm going to really watch this kind of progression and we'll see where I am when I when I hit the hundred mark, you know, which that would only be about 400 hours, you know, um, but they, they did they got progressively better. I still think they're not great, but they're going <laughs> to get better, but each one got progressively better, you know, um, and they had little again, it was little moments, you know, there's a little it could be as small as the way one brush stroke goes down. I'm like really happy with that but then there's 500 other brush in the painting that are awful so you know, it's like so you just look for that one or whatever you know look for that one good moment so I again I think it's there are little fleeting moments in each in each piece maybe okay
0: cool uh the other question the whole artist living in New York trying to get by you bartend a few nights a week yes um, at a great spot that does live music and you love it, but, um, how, how do you think things would be different if New York wasn't, <clears throat> pardon me, if, uh, New York wasn't so hard to live in, if you didn't need to supplement your income with a service industry job?
1: Uh, this is a, a question that I live with this question I guess every day. Um, I don't have a quick answer so I'm gonna ramble for a little bit but I have a lot of friends like yourself and, um, that are painters or musicians or actors and uh, they' a lot most of them are here I mean a lot of them are in Florence, Italy or Spain or France and they're doing um, similar stuff, but the uh, artists and painters and but the quality of, uh, or the cost of living is significantly less, uh, and they don't have to do something else, you know. Um, I also lived in Tucson, Arizona for 10 years. I got out of New York for 10 years. Um, and the cost of living was incredibly cheap. Um, and I was still able to keep a studio. I still, uh, I bartended out while I was out there. Um, but it was a little bit less, um, uh, stressful to make to make a living and to pay my bills um and then i come back here you know and it's like rents of in 10 years rents had uh, at least tripled um you know no one was really making more money you know so the expenses had all gone up but it's not like there was all my friends were making x you know uh, exorbitant amounts of amounts of money and they were all still trying to, to To scramble and and make it you know and so the way that I always I guess thought of it was um, painting was a uh, keeping a studio and painting was a job it was a full-time job I just wasn't getting paid for it yet right so I'm living in New York essentially working two jobs when I was bartending full-time and uh, I'm just not getting paid for the first job so I'm trying to make a living on two jobs in New York, but only getting paid for one. That's a tough thing to do, you know, and without a roommate or without, or living in some little box where you pay, you know, 700 a month or something, you know, um, trying to have a studio, rent a studio, buy supplies, buy materials, um, create all day, and then have something to give to go to work from 6 p.m. to 4 a.m. is not an easy thing to do. and I often question why is anyone here, you know, if aliens are looking at us or something, and they're doing some kind of case study. It's like, what the heck is everyone doing in this small little place that's ungodly expensive? It's dirty. It's I've been to more aesthetic cities before. It's not the most aesthetic city. The people I think you know are wonderful, but I, there's so many just since I was hurrying, there there's this you know uh, edge to everybody and. Um, but we're all here. And I was like, what are we doing here? You know, so there's something that's drawing everybody here. And then that, so that kind of piggybacks on this long-winded answer. But I think being around a community of people that are doing a similar thing, acting, painting, music, music whatever it is, there's an energy to that that you, you feed off of. And I think it pushes you to keep to keep going. So if you lived in a place in the middle of Iowa or something, and it was $400 or $300 a month, yeah, that'd be great, but maybe your desire to paint or act or whatever, goes, it maybe falls off a lot because you don't, you're not pushing anymore. You're not, you don't have to push. You don't have other people around you, the community, to, like, to, to, to feed off of and to, to make new projects and to be excited about things. Maybe you're not pushing technique anymore because you're, you don't have to you know so I mean if you sell if you rent just $300 a month or $400 a month in, in Montana and you sell one painting that might cover your rent for the year and that's pretty cool but do I really where's my desire to make another painting for a little while maybe I'll just take a week or two off maybe I'll go whatever um, so I think being in a place like this where you have to hustle and sometimes work jobs you don't want to do um, maybe it pushes you in, in another direction You know, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm always kind of, that's a question that's always in the back of my mind. And one way, I'm always looking at moving someplace else, thinking that it's going to be uh, the answer. But uh, I I find myself here again. Again, I'm born and raised here. I left for 10 years. I lived in Spain. I lived in Florence. And I lived in Arizona. And I found myself coming back here. So, you know, I don't don't have a great answer yet.
0: (laughs) It sounds like you feel like it's worth it. It's worth it to to kind of struggle and and to do that forty hours in your studio and then need to go to another bartending or serving or catering whatever job to actually pay the bills. It sounds like you feel it's worth it.
1: Yeah, I I I think for the most part it's such a it's it probably depends on the day maybe (laughs) but um, I can go right now I can leave here and I could be in the Met. In thirty minutes, standing under the greatest paintings ever made uh, for twenty-five cents, because I just donate, you know, yeah. whatever, right? And you can't do that in a lot of places. I mean, there's something special about that, and when you don't have that, sometimes you you wish for it. You know, we I think we take it for granted here. Yeah. You know, maybe I haven't been to the Met. It's probably a month since I've been there, right? So because I know it's there, and I know it's not going anywhere. But when I'm gone from it, I really do, I miss it. And I think that's, that's uh, I guess that's more overpowering than all the other stuff you have to deal with here, because you do deal with a lot being here. And people who don't live here, it's hard for them to understand. Uh, but it's not, uh, I'm sure there's easier places to live. <laughs> there's definitely easier <laughs> places to live. I have I have friends, artist
0: friends, that I heard about four or five years ago. They were, Moving to Detroit, which is where I'm from, and they were buying massive, or not buying, but renting massive studios, maybe the size of what you have here for four hundred dollars a month, five hundred dollars a month, and that's great. But and Detroit's a little bit different. Detroit, we have the the DIA, we have the Detroit Institute of Arts, which mm-hmm. is one of the nicest museums, They got uh, written up as one of the nicest museums in the country, and uh, it's great. You would love it. It's much smaller than the Met, but it's it's got some great pieces, and uh, you know there is there is a small community of artists and young professionals moving into the city because we, well it used to be cheap. Now I have friends that are paying more to live in Detroit than I'm paying to live in Brooklyn, right, which right. is mind blowing to me. Right. But four or five years ago, when that wasn't the case, it was it was kind of coming up. I have. You know, we all have the friend back home trying to make it, mm-hmm. and oh, now true. now uh, my back home is kind of becoming one of those hubs that it's not unreasonable. Your back home is New York, so right. Everyone, everyone back home is
1: right, and I and I think I've been watching people. So New York is a very transient place, right? So, and from being in the bar business for a long time. Uh, I've watched people come and go and, and, you know, kids will come in, move here from the Midwest and they'll spend a year, you know, they just want to throw their, see what they got, you know, throw their hat in the ring and, and try to try to make it here or something. And, um, now yeah, maybe a year or two and then they'll leave, you know, and go back or, you know, maybe they stay, but it's, uh, it's rare when you, when you're from here and, you, and you've grown up here and this is your life, you're, you're used to it. But when, I think when you come from other places, you get in here and you get in the big, the big city, so to speak. You know, even if you're from a place like Detroit or a major city, it's there's something different about New York. It's as you know. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're you know good example, right? I mean, you've been here for a while. So.
0: Yeah. I uh, I hit six years this month. Oh, great! Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> I, uh, I, I I get the question often serving tables. You know, people pretty quickly figure out I'm not from here because I'm outgoing and pleasant. And right, and you're nice. What they, what, they don't, <laughs> what they don't understand is that they're paying my bills, so I have to be nice to them. Uh, but there are there are days where I, I genuinely do enjoy my job, but I get the question often, like, oh, so are you from here? You don't seem like you're from here. I'm like, no, I'm from Michigan, just outside of Detroit. And they ask, me, oh, do you like it here? And my answer for the past five and a half years has been no, mm. I don't. Right, But there's two options for someone like myself to do what they want to do. And the other one is LA. Right. And people who I know and trust have told me that I would hate LA. Mm. And also <clears throat> somehow it is more expensive. And that's- wow. Everything, everything costs roughly the same. Uh, rent is the same. Uh, groceries, etc. But you need a car. Mm-hmm. You're driving, yeah. You need a car. You need to put gas in the car. You need to pay for the car. The insurance, mm-hmm. registration, parking. I'm sure you're not driving from your driveway to your driveway. There's, right. there's something in the middle there. Sure. Um, so I'm here until I don't need to be here anymore. But... I wonder, I've been wondering the past couple years because I have built a life out here. I know I can, I can think of 10 or 15 different bars in the city that I could go to and see someone that I know. Mm -hmm. Um, I have friends connected to almost any industry that I can reach out to if I need something or if I, if I want to offer help in something.
1: And I wonder if I will miss it when I do finally leave. I mean you're building your life, you know, you're putting down roots whether yeah. you know it or not. And your network you know, your network expands and you meet good people and depending on uh, you know, how old you are and, and what point of your life you're at, it could be a very important part of your of your life at this point. And I've,
0: so I've been out here for most of my twenties. That's now. what I mean.
1: That's an important part of your life, yeah. you know. I mean when I when I moved to Tucson I was thirty and about thirty and I spent ten years out there. And it was harder to leave Tucson to come back to New York or I went to Florence before, but to come back than it was to leave New York initially to go to Tucson. Because... Tucson
0: was where your son was born.
1: My son was born in Tucson, yeah. And we made a lot of really deep, deep connections there. A lot of good friends and a lot of, you know, I still have a huge network of people out there that I love incredibly. And, um, you know... I think that's that's just a moment. Maybe it happens all the time because I think now it would be hard for me to leave New York because I have so many wonderful people here too at the studio and friends that are I have a, a really great community around me. So it would be hard to leave now, but but if you maybe the next thing might be even better. Yeah. I don't know what, what the next stop is, you know. And so nobody knows what the next stop is. So it's uh it could be harder to leave the next place if there is a next place you know do you have a next place in mind <laughs> if, if, if someone That's... were to ask
0: you like hey where do you think you'll find yourself at next <laughs> what's the first city
1: that comes to mind this conversation comes up in my house uh daily and I am not kidding you uh, especially <laughs> right now um we own a, a home in Tucson we, we bought a house in Tucson when we moved there and I still have the house there um, Are you I, renting it out? Or we, it? we rent it out, okay. um, and I have a friend of mine that watches over it for me, so it's pretty good. Um, but we're gonna sell it soon, I think, and, and we want to move on to the next to the next place. We want to own a home again and figure out what the next phase is. And um, right now, um, it would be uh, somewhere up north um, on the Connecticut-New York border uh, or Southwest France. Uh, my wife is from France. Oh, wow. And, um, uh, I'm really pushing to, uh, to maybe go there. Uh, but what scares the daylights out of me is being, uh, isolated kind of will piggyback on a question we talked about before is if I go out there, I do have people, but they're in Paris and they're not in the Southwest of France. And I'm going to be uh, alone, maybe, you know, and alone as an artist. And, and that's a scary thing, you know, um, to, to, for me, maybe for other people, they love it, but. I think right now where I am, I'm, I'm terrified to be by myself making work, you know, and not having a community of people that to, to go see in my, my the normal day to day that I operate in. And so the chicken in me, I guess, is, is, <laughs> says upstate is kind of nice because I can get on Metro North and come down here. Yeah. Uh, I can come down twice a week. I can still teach. I can still do what I do. Um, so there's, I have a foot, it's probably the non committal side, but I'd have a foot in both worlds still. You know, I would i would um I would teach and, and and have my life down here with my community, but then I just go back up and have my studio practice and and live and be up there and and have all those wonderful things that that we want you know I want chickens and goats and I want to grow my own food and I want to you know have a barn for a studio space and make big paintings and there's a lot of things I want to do that I obviously can't do right in New York City you know it's just not happening so
0: how how big paintings?
1: I I don't know, that's a good question, you know, I mean, I dream of doing these big, just these kind of giant paintings, you know, maybe they're 20 feet by 10 feet or something, you know, and I don't even know what the subject matter would be, maybe they would be interiors, or maybe they would be still lifes, or maybe some kind of, you know, figurative paintings, you know, which, that scares the daylights out of me, because (laughs) it's so difficult, but... um, but I, I right now the space dictates how big I can work, uh, and my studio now is maybe I don't know ten by ten. You know I don't know how big that space is. It's Tiny. I, don't, I share it with you know, You know, I share it with four I, people, I, yeah. and um, you know I just can't work that big. So you know maybe a bigger space would would dictate doing some different kind of work. You know, and I think living in a more aesthetic, I really want to live somewhere that's aesthetically pleasing to me. I want to walk out of my place and just be surrounded by. These beautiful things, you know. I want to see, I want to see nature, and I want to see. Uh, I, I, I don't find New York the, like I said, the most aesthetically pleasing, it's even nice. from the roads and driving. And I drive to my studio every day. from From um, I live about eighteen miles from the studio, so I drive to the studio every day. The drive is awful. It's gross. There's tons of traffic, you right. know. And so just to get into my my head of making something beautiful, I come to the studio. I have to kind of just make an espresso sit there and get into that mode for a little bit because everything's so ugly on my way you know and maybe some people find that aesthetically pleasing i i just don't you know
0: i'm with you i i (laughs) I think it's uh, it's the smell more often than not that gets me
1: especially august yeah
0: (laughs) yeah it's it's walking walking down the subway stairs and having the wall of Lingering humidity hmm. yeah. and heat, and it's wonderful. Homeless
1: person, this yeah. right on the corner. Yeah, I, I was uh, I was walking down, I was going to the Met actually, and I think I was on the Met's on whatever 80th and in the park on the east side. And uh, I'm going down 79th or 80th, one of these most beautiful blocks in the city. Um, and I'm going between Madison to 5th, and it's these just the most beautiful brownstones you've ever seen, and whatever. and and just to the left of me is, um, I don't even, there's no way to say it. There's a guy just going to the bathroom, uh, you know, right there. Yeah. Uh, not, not urinating. He's doing his thing. Oh yeah. Right. And I'm like, Wow. <laughs> this is pretty amazing like this is this is it right here you know and and so you can imagine paying 20 million dollars for some brownstone on you know central park and, and uh, yeah central park east and 80th and walking out and seeing that I mean, yeah. it would just make me crazy um but uh, so just these kind of things is what you know uh, it just baffles my my mind but then the subway the same you know um, so yeah but maybe in small doses i like it
0: <laughs> I like what you were saying about the brownstones.
1: Yeah, that was right. that sounded it's nice. Wonderful, that sounded isn't it? lovely. Yeah, the first eighty percent of the story <laughs> was great. There's there's a lot
0: of areas <clears throat> I'm finding in Brooklyn that I could I could see myself staying in. Long term, uh, Park Slope has mm. a lot of really great brownstones. Sure. And yeah. I last year for my birthday I went to a bar over there, Robin the bartender for mm-hmm. PS 450 worked at a sports bar over there. And she's like, Hey, come in and bring your friends. We'll have all the games on. And afterwards I was just walking around and it, it didn't feel like New York. Right. It felt like it was removed. It was his own little area. It felt, and I've, I don't, I don't spend too much time upstate or in Connecticut, but it felt like it a smaller version of mm. that dropped in the middle of New York city. So that was, really nice there wasn't anyone defecating nearby right. so you but you know i missed it, out on the new york experience but
1: I, but it also i mean it's amazing that yeah that's that's i love that story but that kind of goes to the point of like it would be like you hadn't eaten in a week and i make you the worst food i've ever cooked but because yeah. you're starving you think it's like a le Bernadette dinner you know right. and so you see this little spot in park slope and it's like an oasis to you, and it probably is. And I don't—I'm I don't, not saying it's not, but that's how bad maybe everything else is around <laughs> you, you know. And, I'm, and maybe that's a bad way to put it, and maybe that's a terrible way to look at it. But could you imagine decision, if everything, where you lived or where you—you you know, yeah—where your day to day was, if everything was like that little oasis that you found, you know, how amazing that would be
0: on the other end though do you okay so do you stay there and and enjoy the oasis that maybe is on a scale of one to ten maybe it's a four or a five mm-hmm. out of what could be beautiful mm-hmm. or do you move to the place that's a nine nine point five ten what have you and lose the appreciation for it because it's right there all the time well
1: sure you get you get a little numb i think um you get immune to it and when I lived in Florence, I lived there for a year and uh, I was going to the Florence Academy of Art. And when I first got there, it was like, I, I had a bicycle and I rode from my apartment to school every day or the studio every day. And when I first got there, it was like every little nook and cranny, every cobblestone, every corner of every building was like, it was like overwhelming how beautiful everything was. And the, there was just art everywhere. You know, it's, it's the whole city is is art, right? So, and then month three, month four goes by, and I'm like, just riding my bike past everything. Like, none of it's even there anymore. You know, it's just I'm just I got to get from point A to point yeah. B and get to the grocery store before they close and make sure the wine guy, you know, has my you know Sangiovese because you know, he didn't have it last time or something, you know, and then, then, so all these wonderful things, I'm like breezing. I'm riding my bike past the Duomo, and all these amazing things that people, some people save their whole lives to make one week there, and they can die happy, you know, and here I am, like, drinking on the steps of Santa Croce with, you know, four degenerate artists, and we're just hanging out, that's our day-to-day after class, you know, Um, so yeah, maybe you're right that you, too much of a good thing, maybe, you know, Um, it could happen.
0: Do you think there's a chance that New York is the good thing we've just had too much of?
1: <laughs> yeah, it, you, <laughs> it's a great way to put it. Because uh, I,
0: I know I, I work, I'm not allowed to actually say where I work. Uh, I had to sign a thing. Oh,
1: wow. And Top this, secret.
0: It's, they just don't want, I get it. They don't want. Um,
1: Free publicity.
0: No, <laughs> no. A, no one listening to this is going to go there anyway. B... <laughs> Um, they don't they they instituted the policy when someone uh, was posting celebrities that were coming into the restaurant right that would happen posting uh, pictures like uh, I think Michael Jordan came in once and someone posted oh my god Michael Jordan's at the restaurant and and then people came like to see Michael Jordan a ton of people flooded into the restaurant to see Michael Jordan because now they knew where he was right um what was i saying i work uh near times square and so sometimes if the trains aren't running i'll need to walk through times square to the 42nd street station right uh cuz i'm up on 49th and so a lot mm-hmm. of those trains won't run at 2 in the morning so i'll see tourists a lot more than i'd like to <laughs> and they are they are they're walking they're walking around times square and they're just taking pictures of billboards yeah. and taking pictures of the signs that are telling you what store that is, like taking pictures of the American Eagle sign, taking pictures of the Disney store. Sign. It's just the Disney logo. Right, but, right. And I'm, and I'm doing what you were doing on the bike. I'm like, I gotta get to this train. It's 2 a.m. If I miss it by a minute, I'm waiting 25 more. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like cruising through and it's packed at 2 a.m. too. Oh, yeah. Like, oh. I, yeah. I'm blown away at how many people are just walking around Times Square at two in the morning. Yeah, oh yeah. It's stupid.
1: And not doing what they used to do at two in the morning in Times Square, you know, back in like the eighties. Yeah, end, those were the it good squared, old days. You know. Um, I wasn't alive, but those were yeah, the good thanks. old days. Yeah. You know what I was... I was. Yeah. Well,
0: you, <laughs> but, were, you were in... Uh, or was that before you moved to Tucson? You moved to no, Tucson I was when you way were... way before.
1: I moved to Tucson when I was like 30, so you're talking way before. Okay. I used to go to... I used to go to Times Square a lot. Um, uh, yeah, it was an interesting spot, but... Um, But yeah, I've been, so let's see, minus the 10 years, I've been here for 43, I've been here 33 years about, and I've been to the Statue of Liberty once on a fourth grade field trip. I've been to the Empire State Building twice, once on a probably fifth grade or sixth grade field trip, and once because I wanted to take my son. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, that's, I've never ridden the Staten Island Ferry. Uh, oh. you know that kind of thing I've never done the circle on thing or whatever you know maybe whatever the ferries get to the, to the Statue of Liberty I've taken that but I've never done the New York thing yeah. because it was just like
0: always <laughs> it's,
1: there it's there yeah. what do I, and there's too many people I don't want to see all those people
0: I don't you find know? myself doing too many of those things but sometimes I have friends or family come in from out of town and they want to do it and I want to spend time with them so guess what we're doing yeah. Uh, my grandma and my aunt came out three weeks ago, and my grandma's husband, my grandfather, uh, came into America as a, as a child from Italy, so he actually came past the Statue of Liberty, yeah, cool. did the whole yeah. immigrant uh, thing, and so she wanted to see the Statue of Liberty, and they didn't want to pay the fifty dollars a person to go to the island and we were running short on time anyway so i just took him to the staten island ferry and we went nice and classy yeah yeah (laughs) and you know she got she got pictures and she saw it and you know it was it was it was great but when you get to staten island they make you get off the ferry you can't just stay on and then ride it back because there's two there's the incoming and the outgoing and we missed the outgoing oh. so we had to wait a, we had to wait a half hour in the Staten Island terminal oh I'm sure and, it's lovely
1: especially I mean, it was that fine. time of year it's it great.
0: was fine they, it's, it felt like they had their emergency lights on because <laughs> there were just four pillars in the center with the lights coming down and it was the bright lights it wasn't like warm fluorescent light, light. it was just the bright 100% full spectrum Wonderful. bam right down on your face very ecstatic it was so lovely <laughs> it was the time of my life uh, but I remember my third year out here, I think my mom asked me. She asked me every year, but the third year she kind of yelled at me. She's like, did you go see that tree yet? Mm. The Rockefeller Center. Mm. And I'm like, no, I, I didn't. And she's like, why not? You got to go see that So that year I ended up not going home for Christmas. So I got out of work at like midnight, 1230 Christmas morning and near uh, – Herald Square. So I walked mm-hmm. up to Rockefeller Center and I saw the tree at 1am on Christmas morning and
1: I haven't really seen it since. Right. No, yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's one of those it's, things. It's not enjoy. I mean, I have friends that come out all the time and they, what do they want? Now everybody wants to go to the High Line and everyone's like, every time I go, I'm just like, I'm miserable because there's too many people. I can't move. Mm-hmm. I feel like the old guy in the room, you know what I mean? But it's like. I I just don't want to be bothered with all these people. What is going on? How can I enjoy this thing if now? Okay. Yeah. I want everything for myself. I get it. But I mean, that's, I mean, (laughs) it's, it's hard.
0: You're, you're experiencing life through your own eyes though. That's, I don't think it's selfish to want that. As long as you understand that the Highline is there for everyone and it's a free thing to do in New York and, it it is beautiful. What they did is beautiful, but you no, know you throw a million people right. on it and it's no longer that.
1: It's, it's like when you go to the if you go to the Louvre, you go to Paris and you go to the Louvre, everybody's there. They all it's these little tourist groups that aren't so little and they all go to the Mona Lisa. Yeah. And it just ruins the whole experience. So there's on the backside of where the Mona Lisa is are these beautiful Titian paintings that no one's even paying attention to. There's two people looking at them. It's like I'd rather look at those. You know, and whether they're better paintings or not is probably a whole other conversation that would bore to tears anybody who's listening to this. But um, the fact that there's no one looking at them just makes that experience so much better for me. You know, um, there's areas in the Met where you can hide where no one goes and there's amazing paintings there and you can sit there in New York City, 10 million people, whatever it is, and you you actually have a moment of, of quiet at the Met just staring at some painting you know and it's like amazing I ended
0: up in the Met I think I went on a day two or three months ago I ended up in the antique furniture yeah love place. it sure I was the only one yeah, there
1: no one's ever there
0: no and I'm just walking around and it, it was a lot of grandfather clocks sure along the wall yeah and my grandparents had a grandfather clock and I listened to Joe Rogan's podcast quite a bit, mm-hmm. and he had a guest on that built him a grandfather clock. It was all steel and black metal. It was really ah, cool, cool looking. And so I I like them. I, I think they're very nice to look at. And so I just spent like a half hour looking at these 10 different clocks. And they weren't going. I wish I had seen oh, yeah, the movement right. of, of the whole thing because some of them had the, the sun and the moon phase mm, in yeah, the right. face. And all that, but I, I was looking around and I'm like, it's Friday at two in the afternoon, and I am the only one
1: mm-hmm. that I can see or hear. Yeah, yeah. special. It's not other places yeah. you can do that. Yeah, you know, and that's uh, it enhances your moment. Because mm-hmm. if there was a hundred people looking at those clocks, you probably would have spent five minutes. Oh yeah, or less. Yeah, because then you got
0: people bumping into your shoulders, and I'm like, all right, this this isn't nearly. Course, you good. know,
1: selfie sticks or wherever. You yeah. know, like everybody just ruining. You know, no one could enjoy the moment anymore it's they're not no one's looking at no one's appreciating the moment anymore they're, they're just taking a phone getting their you know the picture they need to get selfie with whatever yeah. and then moving on well that's what it's about it's not about seeing the Mona Lisa it's about
0: taking a picture to tell the world that you were near the Mona Lisa which I don't know if you meant it or if I just picked up on it I don't think the Mona Lisa is that great
1: it's it has its moments. It doesn't it's, it's a nice band.
0: I don't. Yeah. I don't think because I've I've seen I've seen so many pictures and prints and this and that. I would. I think I might enjoy it if I was standing there alone and I was able to actually get close enough to appreciate the details. But I've also seen the setup. I don't think they allow you within. Yeah, no, not anymore. Ten feet of yeah, it. It's so and it's behind glass and all this stuff. Yeah. You know, so, so.
1: so. Yeah, I mean, it's one. <laughs> that's one of the things where you. Uh, in the art world or something, you know, unless you want to be contrarian, you know, for contrarian's sake, but it, you almost have to say you like that painting. Right. It's like when well, the, the Michelangelo show was at the Met, right, everybody yeah. was, oh, the Michelangelo show is like the greatest show I've ever seen. And I went through it and I was like, eh, it, was, it was good, you know, it was like, oh, okay, yeah. cool. But like, you couldn't, if you said, yeah, it was just okay. Or you know, Oh, you're a hater. Like, how can you not like the the greatest show I've ever seen? You know, like, so you, you get wrapped up in these moments. It was almost like, uh, yeah, Mona is a great painting. You know? It's
0: yeah. like, <laughs> it's like it's, I, I'm, I'm going to save myself the energy. Yeah, that's great. It's right, fine. exactly.
1: <laughs> um,
0: who is, if you have one, who is your favorite artist? Wow. Or who is your favorite um, artist to go and see in person?
1: That's a good question. I mean, it rotates. I think it's, I've got a rotating, you know, list of Mm -hmm. these guys. And a lot of times it relates to something I'm working on right now. Um, I mean, I'd be, I'd be hard pressed to find someone better than Rembrandt. Yeah. I mean, I just really, you know, I I, I mean, a lot of times I'm like, oh, it's not so great or whatever, you know, and I go look at Rembrandt and some, some things are kind of weird or whatever in the painting. And, you know, I, start criticizing it or something but then you the look and it's like wait a minute this is a rembrandt man this is like unbelievable you know um so yeah i put rembrandt probably he's definitely in the top um uh, velasquez is definitely in the top van dyke and i mean God, Titian's unbelievable and sergeant is amazing and you know they, and, and it rotates you know i yeah. get on a kick and i'll i'll go see a sergeant painting up in boston or something and i'm like this is the guy like this is it this is how i have to paint this yeah. is what i've been this is he he had it figured out you know and then three months goes by and i whatever go to when i went to amsterdam for a while i was i was I was on a Rembrandt kick, obviously, because that's where he's from. He his house is there, his studio is there, you fall in love with this whole thing and you that's the guy, you know. So it just it kind of varies. I mean, there's guys I've most people have never heard of, if they're not in this world, that I think are unbelievable, you know, nineteenth century painters that are just to die for, you know, and, and there's not a day that goes by I don't look at one of these paintings, you know. thank with now with the phone, Instagram, all that stuff it's like there's always something to look at you know old master paintings museums are putting their collections online and so it's just it's awesome you can totally find new paintings from old artists that you love and maybe you hadn't even seen before you know so the, the access is is so easy now
0: the ax- access is uh unbelievable it's it's one of the better things to come out of the internet being what yeah. it is another thing uh unrelated in a way, but also kind of is. I forget if it's, if it's MIT or if it's Harvard, it's one of those really big schools puts all of their class information online for free. Wow. So if you have an interest in, um, philosophy, 101 basic intro philosophy, you know nothing about it. You want to learn about it. And I forget the website, but I have it saved somewhere. You can go and you can look at the syllabus. You can, look at the teacher's notes, the slide shows, the this, the that, everything from the classroom short of being in the classroom Whoa. and listening to the person talk.
1: Can I get a degree? Can I, will they give me a, uh, if I you read don't. everything, will I get the degree or no? No, but you'll learn a lot and you
0: won't need to pay for any of it. That's a good point. Except for your internet bill. Or you can go to the coffee shop and then not pay for anything oh, except for the a, coffee. That's a good idea. Yeah. yeah. But it's there's there's a few things like that, like uh, access to art in a way that has been unprecedented. Access to information
1: oh, okay. that uh, I don't want to say restores my faith in humanity because oh, no, if it does the opposite for yeah. me. But I mean, yeah. it's but no, but I think it was Google. They did the Google Art Project or something like that. I forget what it was called. They might still that. be doing it. Yeah. and they took these incredibly high res photos of you know wonderful paintings and like there was Rembrandt paintings on there and you can I mean you can zoom in and see every brush stroke on your, on your computer and that's, that's pretty awesome yeah. you know? I mean they're data mining the fact that you probably did look at that painting oh, of uh, course. and that's going to somewhere else but that's a whole other podcast <laughs> but no that is, uh, is kind of nice I saw, I saw a meme
0: uh, it's like Facebook ads are pretty great because they like to show you something that you thought about but didn't mention to anyone ever. <laughs> it's right. just like yeah, you're just exactly. thinking like huh, yeah. mm-hmm. it's like rain, could probably use a yellow raincoat. Five minutes later you're scrolling through Facebook. Yellow raincoat's oh, yeah. on Amazon, fifteen yeah. ninety nine Absolutely. It's,
1: yeah. Oh yeah, it's that's crazy. It's that and then some. Yeah. You know, it's pretty amazing.